Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Means that the number one pick in the 2021 NBA draft goes to the Detroit Pistons. Who's got the number one pick in this year's Detroit. draft? Who's got the number one pick in this year's draft? Basketball! Select Isaiah Stewart. The Detroit Pistons select Killian Hayes. Sadiq, that was absolutely sensational. I don't know what went into that process. I met the criteria to be selected, but I wasn't. From long range. Hello, Pistons fans, and welcome to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast. Aaron Johnson with you here this week, holding down the fort for Mike Anguilano. Joining me is Jasper Apollonia. Jasper, so good to have you with me this week. Very excited to have Mike back with us next week. But let's get right into it. There's a lot to talk about with Summer League. Uh, but quickly, let's get to a couple news topics surrounding the Pistons this week. They re-signed Frank Jackson to a two-year, $6 million deal. They also re-signed, I guess technically they signed, but really they re-signed Rodney Magruder, who they waived, uh, I believe this past week. They re-signed him to a one-year deal worth the veterans minimum. And then the other news topic, the Pistons unveiled two new court designs for the upcoming season. Those might have launched actually through NBA 2K. Or, or maybe I'm thinking of something else, but two different court designs. Um, they look pretty nice, but we're not going to get into really any of that stuff too deeply this week. Uh, we might get into like the Frank Jackson and Rodney Magruder stuff a little bit more next week. This week's going to be all about Summer League. But before we get into Summer League, let's talk about Bet Online. The Palace of Pistons podcast is brought to you by Bet Online, part of the Believe Podcast Network. Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your initial deposit. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or first pitch, head on over to BetOnline and start playing today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So, Aaron, I, I, I have to ask you, how many $5 bets have you put on Summer League so far through Bet Online? Okay. So I don't know what happened, but my Summer League bets got like canceled. Oh, come I don't on, know if man. They're like, I don't know if you're technically not allowed to bet on Summer League or something, or they didn't have like the. I was going to say, I, I saw that they were taking bets and they were taking action on Summer League games, even though. Michigan had not approved that yet. So perhaps that's why that's too bad. Um, however, considering how the Pistons have looked through those first two games of summer league, maybe it's for the best that you couldn't take out that third mortgage on them winning the summer league title. It's been kind of a Rocky debut for these new look Pistons. Hasn't it? It has maybe not, all the Pistons, and speaking of debuts, let's get right in to Cade Cunningham. Sorry I talked for like the first two minutes of the show without letting you speak. Very, very rude of me. 
That's why I let Mike do the hosting. So very excited <laughs> to have him coming back next week. But Kate Cunningham debuts through two games in summer league. His first game against the Thunder, 12 points, six rebounds, two assists, two steals, two blocks. On Monday, excuse me, not Monday, on Tuesday night against the Rockets, he had 20 points, four rebounds, three steals, and two assists. Jasper, your early impressions of the number one pick of the 2021 NBA draft. Yeah, he's he's what was advertised. Complete player on both ends of the floor. I thought last night especially you could see defensively when he and Killian Hayes were on the floor at the same time, there was an energy to that Pistons perimeter defense. And not just in terms of a lot of movement, but in terms of timing, in terms of length, in terms of recovery, I thought there was a wonderful dynamism to that defensive play. And offensively, if you've looked at his highlights, you know what you're getting from Cade Cunningham, and he showed it. He was able to play the game at his own speed. He was able to make some wonderful passes, strong, fast enough, and very crafty. You could really see, especially on some of those fast breaks, you could see how he was scanning the floor and the way that he was dumping off the passes, especially to Sekou Dumboya, who I have to give a lot of credit for, I thought Cade was, was really, really good. And it must also be said, if we're going to talk about some of the positives, I have to mention a little bit of the negatives. That high dribble that we were warned about is definitely there. Five turnovers in his first game against the Thunder. Four turnovers last night against the Rockets. I do think that's going to continue to be an issue for Cade throughout the year. But he knows what he has to work on. Um, His strength, his positioning, the timing. And I also, also have to say a little worried a little bit worried about how flat his shot looked at times. But overall, these are small nitpicks after two summer league games. Overall, the the end result is, I think, what you wanted to see from Cade Cunningham, the best player on the floor for the Pistons, in my opinion. Yeah, I think you have to be excited about the early returns. This is a guy that has come out and, and, and clearly – been right there alongside Sadiq Bey as the best player on this summer league team. And obviously that's a very exciting thing for the Pistons, although it hasn't netted them wins in summer league, which, oh my God, burn the team down because they have not won in summer league. But I mean, the, the early returns have just been very, very promising. Yeah. There are those things that you mentioned the the turnovers, the, the high dribble, a bit of a concern. Uh, I'm not necessarily like, overly concerned that was something we heard about through the 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 process of the draft was that he was not doing all of the five on five gameplay type of training and conditioning that all these other prospects were doing because they were all working out for numerous teams he only worked out for the Pistons so he did not do all of that so I think it's certainly probably one a bit of adjusting to the competition level like He's not playing all NBA players, but he's also getting the best of what the opposing team has had to throw at him so far uh, in terms of defenders, whether it be Tail Maladon, 
of the Oklahoma City Thunder, or he got a slew of guys from the Rockets on Tuesday night. He got Jalen Green. He got former Detroit Piston legend Kyrie Thomas. Uh, <laughs> he got Josh Christopher, who I think is phenomenal. Uh, but he got a slew of different guys thrown at him, and he is getting the best of what these two summer league teams have to offer in terms of defense, defensive matchups, but still not quite NBA, NBA, you know, the best of the NBA. So I think it's one adjusting to a little bit of a higher skill level and talent level that he's going up against. And I think too, it's the chemistry, not having chemistry with all of these guys that he's playing with. And then the other thing is just the rust. I think you go back and look at, he hasn't been getting all of this same level of action that these other draft prospects got throughout the pre-draft process because they were working out in large groups for different teams. He did not get that same type of uh, work in. So he's going to show a little bit more rust, but offensively you can see the, the maestro like skills that he has. I mean, he had numerous, numerous plays against Jalen green on Tuesday night which were phenomenal highlights. It, it worked out great for me because my, my Twitter got some love and uh, <laughs> I got to benefit from that a little bit. But I mean, he played up to the competition. He played up to the matchup that was being talked about. We knew it was going to be a big performance for Jalen Green. We knew he was incredibly amped up and had been talking about, oh, I'm going at Detroit. I want to beat Detroit. I want to show them I, I should have been their number one pick. And Kate played up to that and he performed at a, at a very high level. And, you know, unfortunately the Pistons weren't able to get the job done in, in terms of winning the game, but Cade's performance was very, very successful outside of those turnovers. Also defensively, he did have plenty of good plays. I mean, this guy is, you know, multiple steals. He had a block last night against Houston. He's had three blocks in summer league. He's got five steals in summer league, but he did also foul a lot against mm-hmm. the Rockets I think that's a little bit fatigue a little bit of you know adjusting to the game speed the game pace um but overall the, the what what he commands on offense is incredibly exciting the attention that the defense is going to have to give him is going to really open some things up for the Pistons and, and once they get to the regular season it's going to open it up for himself because teams are then going to have to remember they're playing against Team USA member Jeremy Grant and they're going to have to try to defend against him and it should add some some nice uh, skill dynamic and, and, and scoring dynamic to the Pistons where they're going to have two real guys that can go out and really just take the ball and get you a bucket. So, yeah, I saw from Cunningham so far through I, two games. I totally agree. And I thought something that was really nice was that when he and Jalen Green were on the floor together, yes, Jalen Green got his, his points, but most of those points were coming with Cade Cunningham off of the floor. Yeah. I mean, almost immediately. It was like when Cade went down, went to go sit down, Jalen Green got got a couple points, got to the free throw line, got a three in. So I thought that for me, seeing Cade clearly slow down um, a guy who, you know, this is what we've talked about in this is, is that Cade is not this elite, elite, elite level athlete, whereas Jalen Green is. And a big part of the debate whether who should go number one, K, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, was centered around that kind of athleticism question. Does Cade have the athleticism? And I think it's very clear 
after two games that he doesn't need to be that hyper elite athlete in order to be successful because his bag is it's like it's there he's so mature already and not just in terms of the way that he plays the game but in terms of the way that he communicates with his teammates I was watching Doris Burke and and Mark Jones just like jaws on the floor salivating listening in to Cade Cunningham talking to all his teammates he never stops talking it really reminded me a lot of of Chris Paul actually where on both ends of the floor, he's always, always communicating with everyone. Somebody gets fouled. Somebody commits a foul that they don't like. He's over at him. Hey, we're playing our game. This is just us out here. And I think that the leadership is so apparent, so apparent already. Yeah, of course, there's always going to be things that you can work on. For example, he has not taken a single free throw through two games, which is weird, but like, that's one of those sample size things. He drew a lot of fouls yesterday uh, against the Rockets. And I think he's going to continue to do that. Yeah. This is just like, it's exciting. It's exciting to see where he is right now and how mature his game is. And then you look at his body and you look at his shot and you look at his dribble and you realize that like, there is still so much room for growth here. It's fantastic. Um, for me, yeah, I, I really can't ask for much else from Cade. I do have to say, however, there were some other players for the Pistons that were maybe not as impressive in the backcourt. And, of course, I'm talking about Saban Lee and Killian Hayes. Um, I thought Killian played some really good defense, and I thought Saban Lee had some nice drives. But overall, it seemed like when those two were on the floor together as the backcourt pairing, the Pistons really struggled. Um, Aaron, I'm wondering how you felt about that. I just think it's going to be really tough for a lineup to succeed when it involves two point guards that – Neither are, are, are good three-point shooters. And then it involves at least one of the big men not being good shooters. The Pistons were tr- have tried really hard throughout two summer league games to get a lineup of Saban Lee, Killian Hayes, Cade Cunningham, and then throw your combination of like Sekou Dumboya and Luca Garza or Tyler Cook and Sekou or Luca, like some combination of those three or, or maybe you throw in another big man uh, into that mix. Uh, maybe like Jamario Pickett, but three or four guys that can't shoot and then Cade and maybe one other guy that can shoot. There's just not going to be enough space on the court for three ball handlers, all to be threats to penetrate when there's no one to kick out to that the defense respects. And Killian, Saban, Seku. They're not three-point shooters. I know Saban no. <laughs> has made a couple three-pointers in Summer League, but you look at his shot form and you know that that's not like a real – like it's this a sample size thing. Like, yes, he's made a couple. He's made one in each game, but they're just not shooters. And I don't know what changes with Killian Hayes from when he gets into the mid-range and he's knocking down these really nice-looking jumpers and then he gets behind the three-point line – 
and he shoots and it looks super uncomfortable and it looks like he has no confidence in the shot and it's clanking off the back of the rim. I don't know what that change is with him because inside the arc, he looks yeah. very comfortable. He looks awesome. Fall aways, drive to the rim, mid-range jumpers, pull-ups. Like He looks comfortable, but then he shoots a three and it just looks like it's 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 almost like painful for him in a sense, and I, I just don't. I, it needs to it needs to improve. It needs to improve quickly because he has done a lot of nice things: the defense, the passing, the inside scoring. But in all reality, him not being able to shoot the ball will severely hold back the potential of the Killian Hayes, Cade Cunningham backcourt. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And perhaps uh, some of that does come down to what you were saying, where the Pistons don't really have any shooters on this team right now, which is a, a little unfortunate. Um, you were hoping that Killian would maybe have shown a little growth. Seiko would have shown a little growth. Sadiq Bey has not really been shooting very well from outside through these two summer league games. And Cade, same thing. So I think maybe that is a little bit a function of the coaching and lineup decisions, a little bit a part of the roster uh, that is on, uh, that is out there in, in Las Vegas. Because I do think when you do get to the regular season, some of the things that, and I want to especially touch on Killian and Seku, some of the things I saw them doing very well, I think those can translate. And yes, they do need to work on that outside game, but we've seen John Morant take a team to the playoffs without an outside jumper. I'm not saying Killian Hayes is, is John Morant, but if you can get, get a floater game and, and combine that with elite level passing and defense, there's at least a role for you on the floor. And Seku, for me, I have to say, I have been one of his biggest doubters over the last year. I was thrilled with how he looked against Houston. He was aggressive right off the bat. He made some fantastic cuts, some like really great cuts. And not just that, his screening was great too. He was physical. And I just was like, who is this Seku Demboya? And how can I get more of him? Because if he's going to run the floor, if he's going to cut, if he's going to set hard screens, Guess what? Kate Cunningham and Killian Hayes are going to get him opportunities. And with that aggressiveness, he's going to convert on them. Not just offensively, though. Defensively, I thought that his perimeter defense in both games was superb. Really, like, back-to-back games with blocked jump shots for Sekou Domboya. Stayed in front of his men. I just like, I really can't say enough. Obviously that jumper is still a big time work in progress. And it does really feel like if he can't get that set, he's going to struggle a little bit in the NBA, regardless of what his role is. But this is the first time in a year that I've watched him play where I go, Oh, this guy, this guy's got something. And this guy can play on my team. I'm willing to see how it works out for him. So we were talking last week about how this is kind of a little bit of an audition for him. 
I think right now he's, he's hit pretty much all his lines and uh, yeah. Yeah. I was very happy with it. Yeah. I think outside of the shooting, which again, I, I, I do think limits both Hayes and Seku outside of the shooting Seku like Hayes has done a lot of nice things in his role. He's defending really hard. He's communicating. He's blocking shots. You mentioned the cuts to the rim. Like that's something he was always good at, but it was always, Hey, go do it more. Get active Mm -hmm. in the game. Don't just go stand in the corner. Even if that's what the offense is, you find a way to get yourself involved. And by him doing that, it's, it's worked a lot better for him. And he's getting these looks at the rim. And then he's showcasing that, Hey, I'm comfortable putting the ball on the floor and attacking the basket. And that's another important evolution of his game. The three-point shot obviously is not there right now. Once summer league is over, Sekou and Killian Hayes need to be locked in a gym with the three best shooting coaches in the world, and and they need to get their their three-point shot figured out. But if Sekou's putting the ball on the floor and attacking the rim and getting these shots to fall and drawing fouls, like – He's unlocking the different aspects of his game that need to be unlocked. And it's also showcasing that he's confident. Something that maybe we have not seen from Sekou Nuboya yet in the NBA is confidence. Maybe it flashed itself in games like his rookie season against the Celtics where he scored 24. Or when he played the Warriors early on in his career and he had a, a nice showing off the bench against them or whatever. But we have not seen a fully confident Sekou Nuboya that has looked different. He just looks like a different player. Yeah. Three-point shot. Again, I'm going to continue to harp on it because it's just the reality in today's league. If you really want to be an impactful player and you're not great at a lot of other things, you have to be able to shoot the basketball. Killian Hayes and Sekou Nomboya both desperately need to figure out their three-point shot to at least become serviceable in that area. But they have both shown some very nice things that are important to their game. The three-point shooting hopefully is going to come sooner rather than later for them. Well, Aaron, I mean, you can, you can even see it in Seku's body language, right? Like he doesn't look like the same player that he did at times last season where he looked listless on the floor. He looked like he had no life at times and through two games in summer league, you can just see the confidence coming out of him, and that's going to be huge for him. I really, really think he is one of those players where mentally he needs to be there just as much as he does in terms of like his physicality. Um, so I loved seeing that. I thought that some other players did not look quite as good for the Pistons. Tyler Cook has been... Pretty mediocre um, to say the to honestly to be nice. He's been pretty mediocre through two games. Servetus, um, yeah, <laughs> that draft pick by Ed Stefanski looks just worse and worse by the day. What can you really say about his game in a positive sense other than he's got a really quick trigger? I mean, he doesn't hit shots, but at least they go up fast. So. Yeah. I, I'm interested, you know, some of these more peripheral players, how are you feeling about them? Luca Garza, another guy that, that got some, some playing time. Um, Koprovica as well got a little bit of run too. Yeah. I want to work our way back to 
Sadiq Bey and Luca Garza, but we can definitely first hit on both Servitas and Cook. I kind of lumped them together on our show notes because they were the two guys that got waived from the, the main roster. Then they ended up showing back up on the Pistons summer league roster. And it seemed like they were going to have to fight for like the last roster spot or maybe the last two-way spot. And both of them have just been incredibly underwhelming. Servitas did not suit up in the first game. No idea why he did suit up against the Thunder, excuse me, against the Rockets. And yeah, he shot the ball a bunch of times, but it never went in. And I mean, one of six from the field, 0 of five from the three-point line. Like that's what he's supposed to be able to do. He's supposed to be able to shoot. And if you can't do that, he's pretty limited otherwise oh, his, so. his defense his defense sucked yeah. I, like i'm not trying to be mean here he was so he was the worst defensive player on the floor for the Pistons easily and we always a lot of the majority of people saw that draft night trade where the pistons gave up like three second round picks to get him and everyone at least the majority was like what are we doing like this guy was on like some people's boards, but wasn't like a, oh, need to trade up to get this guy. And that was one of Ed Stefanski's moves that was like, eh, I don't know about that, but it just has not panned out at all. Sekou was a guy that was going to be competing with like Servetus and Tyler Cook for minutes, potentially even for a roster spot in general. And I think Sekou has certainly outperformed Servetus. He's also mm-hmm. outperformed Tyler Cook. Cook has had all the opportunity in the world in this summer league. He started for them in both games. He had been given multiple opportunities. Kate Cunningham, Killian Hayes had both been headhunting him down low. And I don't know what's going on because I don't remember this being a major problem in his stint with the Pistons last season, but the dude's just having a really tough time holding on to the basketball. He's not catching it. He's not holding on to it when he goes up to the rim. Like, I, I don't I don't know if it's just nerves. It's just not been good. And it's not like he's killing it defensively either, which wasn't like something he was super good at in the first place anyway, but it's not like he's making up for it on that end at least. He's just had a really rough showing. And I, I think Seku has blown both those guys out of the water, whereas last week on the podcast, we were like, ah, Seku's going to have to audition for this spot. It's going to we be were, tough. He's got we were shoveling the – we were shoveling the dirt onto his grave uh, and uh, just like a hand punched through like the undertaker coming back. Like really Seku, man, I'm, I'm thrilled. I really am thrilled by what I've seen from him. Yeah. I, I, I maybe not like as excited. I still like, I liked what I've seen from Seku. There's still, I still need to see more because again, like to be fair, he should be doing this. This is his third year in the league. He's had a little bit more time around the NBA than a lot of these guys. Like some of this is expected. Like he need, we did say he needed to come out and, and look good. And he, to be fair, he has done that. Just hoping for him that for that growth to continue and hopefully spread into different areas of his game. But I think it's safe to say both Servetus and cook are going to be on the outside looking in of roster spots unless something drastically changes over the rest of summer league. Like I get it. Oh, it's summer league. You can't make all these observations and and generalizations about players. But when it comes to like fringe roster guys, this is actually where that decision gets made. 
and both of them are fringe roster guys. And I think right now, both of them are going to be on the outside looking in. Yeah. Well, here's another player who I think we were not so thrilled about on draft night, but has looked to prove us wrong through two summer league games. Speaking of fringe roster players that might be making a case for themselves to not be on the fringe anymore. Luca Garza. Hey, he looked good um, on both ends of the floor. And I know that, you know, after the draft, there was all that talk of him losing a lot of weight. I see it. He looks a lot skinnier than he did when he was playing college basketball. I do still have doubts about that defense. His foot speed is not quite where you'd want it to be. Um, I mean, I saw him got get beat off the dribble on a post move, which uh, that doesn't usually happen very often. But he can score. And if he's going to be giving you that energy that he gave the Pistons last night, and he's going to be able to hit open threes, if he's going to be able to hit tough fadeaways like he did in the post, I think Luca Garza might have himself a little something there. I will say one play that I really loved from him and Cade was in the first quarter. Cade set a hard off-ball screen to get Luca free. Uh, Garza made a, a couple dribbles, showed off some nice footwork, and got that fadeaway. When he came back down the floor with Cade, they were high-fiving each other, talking a little bit of crap. I really like to see that. It it was fun. And, um, yeah, Luca Garza, for me, I don't know about you, has shown me more than expected. Yeah. I don't think on draft night I was, like, super upset with the Luca Garza pick. It was the 52nd pick in the draft. You're probably not going to get a super huge difference maker there anyways. Uh, he's been, like, almost as advertised, I'd say. Like, the shooting is good. The offense in general is good. Like, he's been very productive on that side of the floor, and that's where we expected him to do his damage. And he's done that, like, almost like Sekou. Like, he needed to come out and play good. Like, Luca needed to come out and show that he was a weapon on offense, and he's certainly done that. The shooting from outside, the finishing inside, he had an incredible Dirk Nowinski-like fadeaway jumper against the Rockets, which was just insane. I mean, I knew Luca Garza was a skilled basketball player, but really just uh, doing a lot of nice things offensively. The defense is still an atrocity. Uh, this is the type of guy that needs to be playing in drop coverage style defense. He should not be hedging off of screens. He should not be switching off of screens. There is no realm where it's the right idea for him to be outside of the paint. And unfortunately, he's been caught in that situation numerous times. And it's been easy baskets for the opposing team. And then you mentioned that him getting lost on, on, a, on a post move. Like, he is still incredibly, incredibly raw defensively. Like, I'm sure it's gotten better from Iowa, but... The footwork is still not all there. He's just not fast enough. It's still going to be a problem, especially when the Pistons are not playing in a defensive style that that suits him. But it's something that he can get better at. Like, obviously, every player, especially when you're a young player coming into the league, like, you're going to have things that you need to get better at. And the defensive side of the floor is obviously a major source of concern for Garza. But he has come out and done some really nice things. 
He seems to be a very high character type of guy with the way that his teammates have been reacting towards him and talking to him and celebrating him just like Kate Cunningham almost. I mean, it all, those two seem to have like a a bit of a different aura around them almost. And Mm. Garza has played really well offensively. He's certainly helped the Pistons in two summer league games on that side of the floor. Going to need to continue to see improvements from him defensively, but I think there's there's some stuff to like, and there's also some stuff to work with with him. One more guy that I want to hit on. Is- oh, I, I, Aaron, actually, real quick, I just before you do say that, you said, you know, you want to see Seku and Killian locked into a gym doing nothing but shooting threes. I want Garza locked in a film room watching nothing but Brooke Lopez play defense. <laughs> you talked about drop coverage. That's what he needs to be doing. Yes. Yeah, it's 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 that simple. Like it's just unfortunate. Like there I don't foresee him ever being able to really be a, a, a even average defender in terms of coming off or hedging off or switching off of screens. Like that's it's just not his game. And there are guys in this league that are very successful players where that's just not their game. Brooke Lopez is the perfect example. Brooke Lopez is a drop coverage king because he doesn't try to get out on the perimeter and switch on the guards and pick the ball away from them. He drops into the paint and he uses his long arms. He uses his height. He uses his strength to alter and block shots at the rim. And that's the prototype. That's the model that Luca Garza needs to follow. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Who was that other player you wanted to mention, Aaron? Yeah. So we should probably talk about the guy that was working with, Team USA earlier this summer in Sadiq Bay. He's been good. There's been some people saying he's too good to be playing in summer league. I disagree with that. (laughs) Um, It's important one for the chemistry because the Pistons need to be getting as many reps as possible with their starting one, two, and three in Killian, Cade, and Sadiq. Um, But like just in general, there's no reason for him to not be there. Like, it's a week. I, I I don't get why guys like Anthony, like I guess Anthony Edwards maybe isn't the best case. Cause I guess his ankle's still a bit of an issue, but like I would have him out there and I know I'm going to be like probably on the, in the minority in that regard. But if I'm a young player and I, especially for a team that it's not like they're a contending team and you know, they're going to need him for the long haul of the season. Like I want my guy out there getting reps. It's a week of basketball. Even if he doesn't play all four or five games, even if he plays two or three, just to get out there, see him in NBA level competition, see him with other roster rostered guys, like that's important. And especially for the Pitsons case, with how big of a role City Bay is going to play with guys that are in the starting lineup for this summer league team that will then go on to their main roster for the upcoming season. These reps mean everything in the world. And like Sadiq has played well. He had a double double in the first game. Yesterday he had Uh, 12 and seven and four, but like, he's obviously not a world beater. The Pistons are not a world beater. Obviously they're, they're, they got blown out against the Rockets. They lost against the Thunder. Like if all these guys were too good to be there, then the Pistons would theoretically be winning these games. You know, he only shot four of 11 from the field against the Rockets, one of six from beyond the arc. He has looked better. Like he's doing a little bit more inside the arc. He's doing a little bit more with the ball in his hands. I still don't think like, the handle is still not where I guess I was hoping for it to be. There is some growth there, but he's certainly not fully comfortable putting the ball on the deck and really attacking. 
he tends to go back to that post-up fadeaway jumper that he really likes. And like, while that's a good asset to have, I just really wish he had a little bit more to his attacking and, and self-creating game. And uh, he's looked good, but he hasn't looked great. And I don't believe in this idea that he has no business being out there when he, he definitely needs to be. Yeah. I'm, I'm a hundred percent in lockstep with you there. He's obviously a skilled player. He wouldn't have been a first-team all-rookie selection last year if he wasn't. And I think that there is still a ton of room for growth with him. I think he is a player that has a higher ceiling than perhaps he's shown so far. But against Houston, I didn't really think he affected the game very much outside of the shots that he put up. And he didn't shoot particularly well, so he didn't really have a very positive effect on the game. Uh, Yeah, I think he's a really good player. Is he better than most of the other players in summer league? Yeah, probably. Is he too good to be in summer league? No, absolutely not. And yeah, for me, this is just more room for him to grow, more room for him to get chemistry with guys he's going to probably be playing a heck of a lot of games with this year in Killian, Seku, or uh, Killian, sorry, Cade, Seku, hopefully. And also uh, with the second unit, Saban Lee. So yeah, I I definitely do not buy that he's too good for, for summer league. I will say, I think that the Pistons losses, a lot of it has come down to they don't really have anyone that can defend the interior right now without Isaiah Stewart. Like really, they don't have anything like Koprovica is not giving you anything defensively on the interior Garza, very limited. And then you're basically relying on like Cade Cunningham and Tyler cook to kind of be your rim protectors. That's not what you want. Like we've talked about Cade Cunningham being a solid help defender, possibly sliding down to the four at times and, and playing there, but that's not the role you want him playing regularly. And it's kind of a role that he's had to play regularly so far. So I don't really buy into these summer league losses too much, just considering what the personnel is on the other hand, though, I do want to just quickly say, boy, the Houston Rockets sure look like they had themselves a very, very nice 2021 NBA draft. Jalen Green, Josh Christopher, and I'm not even going to try and pronounce his first name, Sangoon, all three looked very, very, very impressive, especially Sangoon. That kid can play. And he probably should have gone higher than 16th. Yeah, they all looked really, really good. Kenyon Martin Jr. too. I mean, that guy was lights out as well. And then Pistons legend, Kyrie Thomas. Um, That was their starting five. But, yeah, they were very, very impressive. And, you know, Jalen Green was was great. Josh Christopher was very good. Senguin was really good. Like, the Rockets have the makings of a, a really interesting young team, much like the Pistons because they're going to add green Sengun and Christopher Kenya Martin jr. Back. They're going to add all those guys to the corpse of John wall. We'll see if there's anything there. 
and then Kevin Porter Jr. and Christian Wood. And I get that this team, they're still going to be like a bad team, but they're going to be a fun team because they're going to have a lot of different guys that can score the ball. They're going to have a ton of athleticism. Like that is going to be a fun group. And they're still missing. I really hope I don't butcher the pronunciation. Apologies if I do, but Usman Garuba, who was playing in the Olympics for his national team uh, from Spain, they were still missing him. And he's widely considered to be, or was considered to be the top defensive prospect in the draft. So they've had a lot of offense in these guys that were on their summer league team. And obviously Kevin Porter jr. Is known for his offensive explosiveness. Christian Wood, a very good offensive, big versatile, big, but they got some defenders as well uh, that are coming into their program. I use program now, shout out to Wayne Casey. Um, but that's going to be a really interesting group, much like the Pistons. And I think that'll be a, like that team to watch out West. Obviously the Kate Cunningham, Jalen Green rivalry that seems to be stewing. It almost seems like the Pistons and Rockets could be some sort of rivalry and seeing how those two are able to lead and, and establish those two teams. Yeah, absolutely. I, I might have to check out my fair share of Houston Rockets games on league pass this year, because there's going to be some very, very, very fun dunks thrown down by that roster. Josh Christopher, Jalen green, Christian Wood, like I, I'm ready to see a little pick and roll going on. Um, I think they've definitely got something brewing. The Pistons did it last year. They jump started their rebuild by by picking three really good rookies, and you know perhaps that's what we're seeing with the Houston Rockets this year. Um, I, anything else you really wanted to to hit on here, Aaron? Uh, any other players that impressed you, disappointed you? Um, any anything that you're you're really looking forward in these next couple of summer league games? Yeah, no, I mean, I'm just interested to see how these guys continue to progress throughout the rest of the week. They play on Friday, and then again, is it Saturday? Do they go back to back in summer league? I think they might. <laughs> really, I I don't have the I don't have the schedule right in front of me. That's yeah, funny. It's Saturday or Sunday. Eh, they're young guys. They can handle it. <laughs> it's Saturday. it's Saturday. They play on Friday at eight, and then Saturday at ten. Friday against the Knicks. Saturday against the Lakers at ten o'clock. Oh, gee, I really want to be watching the Pistons and Lakers in summer league at ten o'clock on Sunday, and I want to be watching the Pistons on Friday night. Awesome, but those are their last two games left uh, in summer league. So I'm just interested to see if there's any other developments with different guys standing out. I'm still very much interested to see how Killian and Cade continue to progress together. I still want to see more out of Seku as well, because like it's only been a couple summer league games. So I don't want to get too excited about him and his progression either. So we'll see how these next two, two games go. I I'm, I'm a little disappointed that the Pistons aren't better uh, with the roster they brought, but they also have not had Isaiah Stewart and Isaiah livers. And, you know, they're, they're trying to get different guys in the fold. So all in all, it's been an interesting summer league for Detroit. You've seen some of the highs with obviously Kate Cunningham and, and, and Seku, but there are also some some question marks in terms of how some of these guys that were supposed to be on the roster maybe are not best suited to be with the team moving forward. So, yeah, anything on your end? Yeah, I'm I'm looking to see if 
some of my initial impressions are premature or if they're if if they're correct you know i'd like to see if tyler cook can show us a little something more i'd like to see cade cunningham hit some threes um and i'd like to see if my initial impression that a Saban Lee Killian Hayes backcourt is a recipe for instant death. I'd like to see if that's correct because um, yeah, from what I watched, that is a backcourt pairing that I do not need to see a single minute of in the regular season. That was like rough to watch at points, especially when you put Kate on there and you know, he's like standing in the corner. It's uh, I don't know, man. It's like having a Ferrari and, just keeping it in your garage, like that door closed. Up. Yeah, like right. It just seems a little, little, uh, kind of like. Well, wait, that's not the point, is it? Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, I think we have seen for the most part what we're going to see for the rest of summer league with these Pistons. But you never know. And I would love for Tyler Cook. I would love for Servetus to come in and make a big impact and perhaps put up a little bit more fight for that, that last two-way spot, that last roster spot, uh, because Hamadou Diallo is, is still not re-signed. So who knows? <laughs> yeah. We'll see what's going on with that. Hopefully by next week, we have a little bit of an update on Diallo, the Pistons back in action again on Friday against the Knicks Saturday against the Lakers. That is going to do it. For this week's edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast, from myself, Aaron Johnson, and my co-host, Jasper Apollonia, we thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time here on the Palace of Pistons podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.